What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Man, feels like it's been a while since you've spoken about the news, man. It has been a while. It has been. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wait. Speaking what, why that's relevant is because this is a weekly podcast with multiple episodes per week where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? A touch of humor. And it's funny that you said multiple because, yeah, last week I don't think we got to. We yeah, didn't, I know. We didn't do three. <laughs> yeah. We probably did two, yeah. I think. Two or one and a half yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to say like three and a half. Weird shit, no? I don't want to say something that isn't yeah. the truest in recent weeks. But uh, yeah, last week uh, we did one and a half because one was like a AMA, right? Yeah, correct, correct. And correct. Ask Me Anything, the AMA episode. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so sometimes like, yeah, you just got to, in life, you just got to sit around and wait for the drama to happen, right? Mm, then mm. you have something to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, with the past few, past two two days, we really tried to look for shit, but um, there wasn't anything that really called out to us that we felt, okay, I mean, because we do want to make a podcast that people enjoy, and if we're just doing it for the sake of just pushing something out that we don't feel in our loins, yeah. then like... We would rather just push it back by one day until there's something interesting that happens, like which there is. Yes. Today has been a huge announcement in one aspect of the world. But before we get there, we do have an announcement to make, which we alluded to in the previous episode. Yeah. Um, which is, which is what man? It is our live performance coming up on uh, three nights not one not two yeah. but three nights three nights live performance uh, 20 minutes of Yalaba Yala or 20 minutes of of Harish and Terrence for exactly three it is yeah it is it is a dose of comedy too which is a live show I know like uh, last month or the early last month we had the the Rishi Report uh, where we were the inaugural guests of the show with our good friend Rishi Budrani and now we have another live show it's called A Dose of Comedy 2, uh, brought to you by the wonderful DMR Productions. And what it is, it's, it's essentially a stand-up show. Um, there's going to be Gurmit Singh, Sam C, Deepak, Orion, and Terrence and I. And we're going to be doing fucking stand-up, man. Stand-up. Mm. Um, so it'll be like, a, it'll be 20 minutes of us uh, around there. Terrence will be doing some stand-up. I'll be doing some stand-up. And then we'll be doing a, a little little skit on stage yeah. and it's going to be happening on three nights 6th to 8th May starting at 8.15pm at the Drama Centre Theatre at the National Library Building um, I believe the the theatre can fit 250 people with COVID measures so it's a decent crowd and the link to the tickets is in the description um, it is it is going to be one of one of the first times we're doing proper stand-up comedy mm. so uh, I am sweating in my nether regions but it's going to be a good time. Mm, mm, mm. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to, because you kept saying stand up, but without comedy. So just wanted to clarify that we weren't like going to do the Great Singapore workout and and getting everyone to stand up. Did I say? You just said did stand, I say up. stand up. It's our first time we stand up, stand up, stand up, stand oh. up. <laughs> you didn't mention that it's stand up comedy. La. So fuck like if people are listening to this. I'm guessing when they, when they hear stand up, they don't just think we're doing like some 5BX exercise. <laughs> la. Never know, man. You never know. Yeah, if you did, then maybe don't come for the show. La, because I don't know, you might come in your workout attire or something. But I mean, we will be working out your abdominals. Mm. No, but you can't, you can't so discount you can. that. This We live in a world where people say, I'm going to Zook and they go there to do cycling. Oh yeah, correct. Or to eat, Spin uh, class. To, to drink a healthy fruit shake. Can you imagine yes, yeah. if 10 years ago I said, I said, I'm going to Zook to exercise, what would people be thinking? They're just going there and get drinking and getting myself like shit faced, right? Yeah, people will be like, I had this fucking loser. You don't want to drink, say you don't want to drink. But then now you want to make it seem like Zook can be a healthy thing for your body. Come on, man. Give me a fucking break. Yeah. But lo and behold. Yeah. So that's the world we're in. But yes. Yeah. And and very quickly, another thing that we, we launched last week, uh, Folklory, uh, our service to help you create audio gifts for the people you love. Uh, we launched it last Thursday. We really, we really received a bunch of inquiries. Uh, thank you so much for that. We still have slots for Mother's Day, which is coming up on 9th May. So you can book your slot now by going to the link in the description, folklory.com, F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y.com. Yep, yep. Cool. 
All right. Yes. I feel like a fucking radio DJ, man. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now on to the meat of the podcast. Which is the first um, big topic. Uh, yeah, it is the first big topic. I have to credit you la, for finding this. I, I I didn't realize how much it means to me also until you sent it to yeah. me. I, I read it. La. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And the moment you Google something online, you just go down this wormhole because a lot of people are talking about it. Like, and what we are talking about is the news in the world of football, not the American kind, the real kind, football. And I mean, I hope if you're listening and, and not, not say a fan of football, you will still find this an interesting discussion because it is not just about football. It is about um, a bunch of super wealthy clubs trying to change the rules of, of the structure of football in, in Europe. Mm. Um, and, and what it is, is uh, a recent announcement that the, the biggest clubs in England, um, Italy and Spain, 12 clubs have announced that they will be, uh, are going to be the founding members of the European Super League. Mm. Okay, so, so maybe just, just to give an overall uh, context of, of football in Europe, if you aren't familiar, if you are familiar, just, I don't know, go take a wee break or think about life for like two minutes. But essentially, you have a bunch of European countries. Uh, 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 every European country has their own domestic leagues with their own domestic clubs. But certain European countries form the bedrock of like European football. Like you have uh, England with Manchester United, Liverpool, Man City. You have Spain with Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Italy with Juventus, AC and Inter Milan, uh, Germany with Bayern Munich, Bayern Leverkusen, France with Paris Saint-Germain. And every year, these domestic leagues go on where every club plays every other club twice. And then the top placing teams go into this Champions League where the top three teams from each of the leagues compete in a in a playoff uh, every season to which results in a European champion and then they have the European Cup and then they have the domestic cup so it's almost like you have your grassroots mm. uh, and then it's like it's like school like, you know sports in Singapore in Singapore school like, you have your zone your east east west north south zone and then you have the overall champion like. if you imagine east east west North South Zone is like each of the European countries, like. mm. Did I miss out anything critical to give the context? Uh, I thought I think you gave you laid out the the infrastructure, but I think mm. what's important to also state is the prestige that comes with being uh, representing your country in the Champions League. Uh. So mm. when we say the Champions League, it means the top four teams of each country's top league. Um, they come together into this um, every year they come together into this Champions League where they will fight in a, at first in a group group uh, stage and then after that they move on to a round robin uh, or is it a round robin is that is that the term round robin where mm, they, where they, I think yeah, so round robin where they play off against each other like, and then they end on the season um, one team is crowned the champion of Europe and uh, yeah. it's um this competition happens alongside the the domestic games that every club has to play so 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 if you're one of the the clubs that qualified for the champions league uh you you probably have to spend a lot of time flying in between different uh different countries in europe and 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 you know like visiting foreign countries to play so it's a very prestigious thing that also earns a lot of i think tv revenue for the clubs as well right Mm, mm, mm. So um, when you see when you watch football, and you wonder why does why are people fighting for positions number two, three, four, five, six? You know, is because mm. there is a chance to play in this Champions League, which gives you a lot more global visibility, uh, makes you a household name because a lot, every a lot of people around the world watch the Champions League and see it as the pinnacle of club football. Um, mm. Yeah. So have I missed out anything? Like like talk about the prestige of this. Mm, I mean, I guess the one thing that is nice is that any fan in any country uh, where of, of, of a club that is in the top league in that country knows at the back of their minds, right, if for some reason there's a perfect storm of or the stars align, their hometown club can go on to win the local Premier League and maybe even win the Re European Champions League. Mm. And 
I don't know whether there's been. Uh, I think they had like a few years ago. There was this. There's this club, Leicester City. You know, like the English Premier League is not has normally been dominated by Manchester United, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City, and even if you're not the most hardcore fan, you would have heard about those clubs. Mm. But a few years ago, there was a club, Leicester City, which I think was promoted one year, mm. and they went on to win the fucking league, yeah. and then they went on to represent England in the Champions League. I don't think they got very far, but can you imagine the people of Leicester City? Um, it's almost like Tampanese Rovers going to Asian, like winning. Okay, fuck, that's a horrible analogy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a horrible analogy. For those of you who don't know, Tampanese Rovers is a football club that originated in in the far east of Singapore. But yeah, so there's this club that had never really, I think, achieved much silverware, if any, and they won the Premier League. They were ahead of Liverpool, Manchester United, Man City, and they went to the Champions League. So it was just a very nice. Uh, romantic story of like fucking the football club that went on so and that happens all around Europe like yeah, you you, no, you have a think about the tourism as well like when when you're in the Champions League it means other teams like the big teams from other countries also have to come and visit your stadium they have to come mm. to your city so a big star like Cristiano Ronaldo could suddenly end up in your small little town because of the champion because you have a Champions League game here like, right so, so yeah, you yeah. know the buzz that 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 follows these football superstars. Like when Ronaldo flew to Singapore, I think it was like that he he suddenly turned up at some primary school, right, to give a speech or some shit like that. I think mm, like the press correct, went, correct, the correct. press went nuts, uh, you know. So imagine yeah. that imagine that you you know that that is happening because of a match coming like that that the buzz in there probably like like what F one feels like, like you know. Mm-hmm. So so yeah so I guess the 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 football in Europe um it is a very there's a lot of passion involved la. so so what 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 this big announcement uh and and it, like it has legitimately received a fuck ton of backlash from players from coaches from clubs but basically these clubs seem to have been talking over the past few months about forming this super league uh even now the super league uh is is trending on Twitter and. It basically proposes. I mean, there's there are certain terms that have been laid out. Mm. Um, I think just to keep in mind that over the years, the number of games domestically has really like increased with the club competitions and all that. So if a team like Barcelona or Manchester United or Liverpool enters the Champions League, they can go uh, up to sixty games a season, sixty-five games a season, which over the course of like eight months is a fuck ton of games, lah. Right. Mm. Um, and this competition is meant to be a midweek competition where there will be 20, 20 clubs in total. Um, and every year, the 15 clubs will be guaranteed. Uh, there'll be no relegation, no promotion with the other five spots available for, for any of the other clubs in Europe to, to jump in. But the 15 clubs, the 15 founding members will never change. So they call it a closed league. right? It's meant to be a midweek competition and it's meant to be a league. Yeah, they play each other twice, and then um, the top four will immediately qualify for the quarterfinals. Then the next eight will play off, and on then be quarterfinals and semifinals, finals, and overall champion. So, like based on the terms, they say that yeah, the clubs will still continue to play in the domestic leagues. But if you think about it, like already your players are gonna be so maxed out. Will you really commit the your first and best team to every game in the season? Uh, I think that's a bit idealistic, right? Mm. Um, there's only so much time. So I think the fear, the backlash is just based on the fact that this is just going to be a breakaway league. Mm. Um, and what is, and it's not just the European Super League, like clubs, you know, like just throwing it on the table as a possibility. The chairman and, and all have, have, have issued uh, like a public statement um, and the European governing body of soccer, UEFA, 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 is it UEFA? Pronounced UEFA. UEFA. UEFA, UEFA, UEFA. You sure or not? Sure, sure. Is this a is this a omelet omelet thing? No, this is a. I watch football pundits more regularly than you do. I think. Really, man? Yeah. <laughs> okay, but maybe lah, maybe. Um, UEFA is it? UEFA. UEFA lah, UEFA. Yeah. UEFA. Um. So they have come out and said, and with a joint statement of the English, Spanish, and Italian football association, saying that, um, you know, the players who participate in this European Super League will be banned from all other competitions. Mm. Uh, and I think even FIFA said they'll be banned from the World Cup. Mm. And everyone's banning everyone. So it just feels like, wow, fuck! Like in the span of twenty four hours, the the bedrock of world football. Mm. Um, as much as you know, Brazil world champions and all this, 
I would say the bedrock of world football is Europe. Mm, mm. It's fucking going to shit, man. Yeah, but actually, as a fan, right? As a fan of the game, right? Uh. Um, haven't we haven't we been heading in this direction for the longest time in terms of forming super teams that would you know uh that will fit that will only meet each other in the champions league and 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 like comparing whose super team is better you know who wins more you champions league trophies because ultimately like i mean the truth is as a casual fan i'm not a hardcore fan like like you are a hardcore fan of manchester united right Mm. um to me it's damn shock to see like all these the biggest teams with the most biggest longest histories and everything uh battling each other like. and a lot of times you know you 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 only get to see that like if the if all the stars align in the champions league like, where they have to actually face each other in the quarterfinals and stuff like that like. so so mm. so isn't this a win for, for for the casual football fan um, I don't know, no, you know, because part of okay, so part of the excitement of the Champions League is is knowing okay which team is gonna play whom, mm. you know, like oh shit, is Messi gonna play Ronaldo? Oh fuck, they're not. Oh, is it gonna be Messi versus Mo Salah and all that? So basically, there's that almost like serendipitous thing, mm. This one and like you know, there might be a year when like the best club in Europe, based on like whatever you see, might not even qualify for Champions League. Mm. So it kind of lights a fire under the club's ass. Mm. Um, and I also think like, you know, like if you have like fucking Michelin star food or like your favorite food, you have it every day, right? Mm. Um, I think it kind of loses its its magic. La. In mm. this case, the 15 founding clubs are always going to be playing each other every fucking year. Mm. It's like, I mean, you know, even in a relationship, like after a while, the sex is like, um, yeah, like, you gotta mix it up, man. Oh, you bought it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a subliminal silent? Yeah, no, 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 no. To whoever no, is don't put, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 don't put words into my mouth. I'm saying just they from, came out of your from mouth. From what I heard, okay. <laughs> it was direct from the horse's mouth. <laughs> no, I mean you know you hear that lah. You read on Reddit and all that lah. Okay, okay, okay. Right, so you gotta mix things up, man. I see, I see. But 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 yeah, if you do, yeah. Okay, but what? No, I, I do, I do, I do get what you're saying about uh, that, about that la, About every day you eat chakwetel after a while is too much for you, la, right? Yeah, exactly. It's too much chakwetel. But the things we've been starved of chakwetel for many years already, la. And what makes you think that that the chakwetel that you were served before is the best chakwetel? In a sense, what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, we also hear that there's a lot of corruption within FIFA, within UEFA, and everything. And 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 I mean, there've been documentaries done about it. And I think even the pre- former president of FIFA that was sentenced to jail for corruption, and they do a lot of dirty things that keep even, you know, smaller players like or countries like Singapore. Um, they make it harder for countries like us to qualify for World Cup and all this. Nah. So mm. what is so bad about a few of the clubs that have power and leverage coming together and say, you know, these institutions are so corrupt, I don't want to support them anymore and I want to, we want to build our own thing that will be, that will mm. be, you know, hopefully that is devoid of this kind of corruption that that, that has tainted FIFA and UEFA for so long. Ah. Mm. Right. So, I mean, that did occur to me because um, I think the chairman of this European Super League is Florentino Perez, who is the current president of Real Madrid. And he has been quoted as saying that he's just giving the fans what they want. Um, You want the best to continuously play the best, right? Um, Sometimes you see a domestic uh, uh, game where one team just fucking destroys another team, 9-0, It's almost like, hey, are you, is it worth, you know now, like when there's competition for people's attention, right? Do you really want to watch mediocre games or do you want to watch like the fucking best of the best, like, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think that is that is what they're trying to say. And to... To echo your point, right? Like as much as I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, blah. like when I was re- researching on this, you are right in saying that there has been some sort of precedent or or things that 
were hinting that we were going down this path. First of all, like I think we were too young to really grasp the the evolution of the Premier League because the Premier League also was um kind of split, right? Like it wasn't always called a Premier League. Mm. There was the Division One, and then there was a Premier League, which added an additional layer on top of the domestic league in England, right? Mm. Um, and I think that only came out in the early 90s. And I think I saw some commentators saying that, okay, but what's wrong with that? Of course, the easy rebuttal is that it still remains in England, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were also people who pointed out that the only reason why UEFA and FIFA are so pissed, right, is because they don't have leverage anymore. Mm, correct, yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, even if you think about it, right, you know, like from the fans' perspective, you know, over the past few years, the price to watch Champions League has been getting fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, so in this case, um, I, I, I can't say it's hypocritical, mm-hmm. but I guess UEFA and FIFA are not the most most innocent innocent uh, victims like, because... Uh, it, so so why why I think it's interesting you brought up that point is because it feels like what you see happening in other aspects of society around the world like, where the government the people who govern certain things are not keeping with the times mm. and in the days of be it individuals or corporations that are almost getting bigger than government right they are the ones saying you know what fuck all of you we're just going to take matters into our own hands like you see that with the with big tech you know, now governments are having to kowtow to Amazon and Facebook and all this shit. And now you're seeing it in football. Mm. And when I was watching the, the pundits like Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand and Roy Keane kind of just shit on this thing, there was a part of me saying like, hey, fuck, but we have seen this happen everywhere. Like, you know, like with the with the incumbent, incumbent taxi drivers when the ride-hailing apps came. Mm. When this sort of older institutions, more traditional institutions, when it's disrupted by new tech, right? There's always going to be like, eh, what are you doing? But in the long run, it actually works out. Lah. So, I don't know, man. I can't see how this would happen in this case, but, mm. I, yeah, is, is, are those kind of like similar thoughts that you had? Yeah, because the Singaporean in me is just thinking, um, in, in essence, is creating a competition for UEFA, lah, right? Like, mm. like why 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 do we immediately say that UEFA Champions League is the best thing in the world ever? Sometimes I find that, you know, like um the 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 way that they the the games are structured or even the timing of the games for goodness sake. The timing of the games always is like it's terrible for us in Singapore, like, right? Three AM, four AM. Mm. Like why why is there any chance that someone will make a more Asia-friendly timing for, for a UEFA game. Probably not, like, because we're, we're low on the totem pole, right? So mm. if someone is giving me a fan, a casual fan in Asia, what I want, um, should I really be complaining about it? I mean, we, we all know the excesses of FIFA, you know, how, how you know, the World Cup was like, was practically bought over to be held in Russia and, and, and Qatar and all that, right? You know? We've mm. heard all those stories already. So why why do we so quickly are trying to defend tradition and, and, and everything that that um that you know that that will work in UEFA or FIFA's favor, right? Mm. Um and I, I did watch the same interviews you, you watched about Gary Neville making noise about it as a you know, even as a lifelong man you fan and all these kind of things. But mm. you know, the truth is I mean, uh, you look in Singapore, 90% of Menu fans only supported Menu because Menu was winning. Like. Hey, 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 dude. <laughs> fuck you, la. don't give me this shit, la, okay? Here's one of your fucking broadly speaking generalizations again. Okay. See, as please, as, please, I, please, I think okay, you're going to start talking about cyclists again. Let's start, give us your insight to how you became a Manchester <laughs> United fan. Please tell us how you, you started from the grassroots and then went all the way through. I mean, in primary three, my brother was always happy when he watched his one team. And I was like, hey, what team is that? Then he was like, Manchester United and I watched and like, hey, the football quite good. Then I support them lah. That's how every fucking fan starts, right? <laughs> oh, so, so it's because they were good lah. You start dating someone when they're good one, right? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it could have been any other club in the world. It could have been Leeds or what. As long as they were winning, you would have supported them lah, right? I mean, 
yeah, I did start supporting Menu when they were winning, lah. But that doesn't take away my 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 uh, your fervor, say, your fervor for supporting Menu. Although I will admit that in, last few years, <laughs> in recent times, uh, I mean life life took some some time away from from the football, lah. Uh, but that's life, what? Yeah, that's life. That's life. Nothing to do with the fact that they Just, stopped winning. <laughs> It just happened to coincide with the time when menu started playing like shit lah. Yeah. So 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 here's my point lah. I mean, uh, you you've heard me like complain about this a lot. Is that most of the of these global fans and everything, they are there because yeah lah. The, the these are the clubs that that won trophies and everything lah, right? So mm. they're all casual fans. They don't they don't care about the grassroots side of things. They don't care about what Gary Neville is complaining about about. You know the the communities and all these things, right? So, mm. can you really blame? Uh, don't even say you like me, lah, right? I'm 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 half past six casual fan of football, lah, right? Mm. Can you really blame any of us for saying that? Yeah, maybe I'd rather I'd rather watch a a super league where I know there will be this guaranteed quality, uh, week in week out, lah, right? Versus mm. like uh. Champions League, which yeah, like, observes the traditions and all the rules that have been established over time, but it's just not as exciting, lah. No, but that's where that's where I think you are assuming that just because the best clubs play each other, it will be the best matches, which is totally not fucking true. And I think some of the best matches come when it's there's an unexpected result, and that's what that's the beauty of sport, right? Like, uh, if if you just keep putting the best with the best. Yeah, that doesn't guarantee the best matches. That, that's my point. And also, I think what what taints this a bit is that there has been a lot of talk about the financials. Um, if it was purely to give to fans what they want, um, okay, I can see some points there, even though I disagree with most of them. Um, but the fact is, and this is information that has been, I guess, not publicly stated, but but uh, it seems to be the numbers that have been thrown, thrown about. And, and I wouldn't put it past... Uh, the the sources of info. Like basically, what they're saying is that a club like Menu playing in the Champions League, they they will make between 40 to 80 million pounds, uh, maybe up to 100 million pounds if they win it. If they play in this competition, they immediately get a check of 250 to 300 million to begin with. Um, and in the future, they will get three times as much money a season as they get from the Champions League. And because of the TV rights, like, which will be a lot uh, more expensive, which means that as much as, as it, it's for the fans, right? You think these things are going to come cheap? No, they're going to be fucking expensive. Okay, so it's just one of these similar instances we have seen in other aspects of society where the the 1% like, almost or yeah. the 0.1% is profiting a fuck ton more than everyone else. Like, and yeah. um, it doesn't help that the people behind this are the, the directors and owners of these clubs which don't really come from footballing background. Like if you look at the committee of the European Super League, right? Mm. They are made up of yeah, Florentine Perez, he's been a chairman of Real Madrid, but you get the the Glazers mm. um, who are not the most well-liked. Um, uh, uh, you get the, the stand something, wait, let me pull it up. You get Joel Glazer, who's the co-chairman of Manchester United, mm. who's an American. You get John W. Henry, who's the American also director of Liverpool. You get Stan Kroenke, who's an American owner of Arsenal. Um, and the reason why I say American is because the format of this league is very similar to the format of NBA and NFL, where it's a closed league. La. No mm. one gets relegated. Mm. No one gets promoted. And it's almost like it's very, very commercial. Of course, there's a fuck ton of money, mm. but it is, it's a different kind of feel to to something, the more traditional structure of football in Europe. Mm. I think you you cover a lot of interesting things there. I'm going to try to unpack it a little bit la, and ask you... Unpack it, man. ask yeah. you along the way if you agree. Um, mm. So you say that, oh, these guys are going to make a lot of money and it's going to cost us a lot of money to watch them in the Super League. La. But mm. in the absence of a European Super League, what has happened to the prices of watching World Cup and UEFA Cup and everything in Singapore? It's gone up. It's ballooned. Uh. And mm. uh, for example, FIFA is, I, from what I understand, FIFA is directly the one that that negotiates all, a lot of these, uh, the prices of the, the rights with Singapore and all that, right? With the broadcaster. Mm. So regardless of whether there was this Super League, they're already like fucking, you know, fleecing us already. Uh. 
and mm. charging us based on our per capita GDP, which is totally not. I mean, me and like me, me and the Dyson founder, we are totally very different stratospheres, lah, right? Mm. Uh, of of income and all. So it's like, I mean, is it making? Is it really making things worse, lah? What I'm saying is that UEFA and FIFA are trying to paint them as super villains, when actually they themselves have been racking up the prices, like dragging the prices of 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 watching football like up for like donkey years without anybody keeping them in check. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so is competition really a, a bad thing in this case? We assume that it's gonna be fucking expensive all that, but in order to compete with the UEFA Champions League or that, maybe there might there might be a need to to give a better introductory price, lah, right? Mm. That there's it's like how Disney Plus comes in, and you know Disney Plus they cannot price themselves out of the competition, right? They're gonna be somewhere near Netflix price, if not just like one or two dollars more. That's it, lah, right? Nothing more. Mm. So mm. it's it's do we you know oh the Disney Plus is so rich it's gonna be terrible for everybody, you know what, right? It's competition in some senses can be good, lah. Um, so mm. that's one thing. Then the second thing is like the is it. So is it just the fact that there is no uh, relegation in this league? Is that the main issue? Because if that's the main issue, I guess, like, you know, they could always create a second tier Super League or something. Like, you know how there's a Europa League alongside the, the Champions League? Mm, well? mm, mm, mm. And then, mm. yeah, and then, um, you know, for one season or two seasons, or for one season, yeah, if you finish bottom few, then you go down to the Europa Europa League version of the Super League, lah. Uh, you know they they could set something in place. They haven't they haven't set it out exactly, lah. Right. I mean, mm. obviously, in the first few years, it might it might be limited in that way. But um. But yeah, you know, I, I mean, you you say about the NBA structure as if it's a very bad thing, but at the same time, um, having that continuity and knowing that your your team is always in the is always in the running. It's, there's like there's always a possibility that your team could win the championship that year, right? That also mm. helps to build continuity, doesn't it? In some way, like you you but know you know that this year you could win the Premier League and next year you could still also win the Premier League and everything, lah. But that's if your team is in that league, lah. Yes, Imagine yes, if it's yeah, if in Singapore for whatever the reason, Yishun the football team cannot get into the S League. Yeah, you know, don't you think the Yishunites? Knowing that, oh fuck, maybe this year cannot, maybe the following year we can. That is that is the beauty of something that on paper seems meritocratic. Like. Of course, there's a fuck ton of corruption everywhere. Yeah. But it just feels like if the league is closed, then it just has to, if your state is not in it, then okay lah, suck time lah. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, this, but, but that to me is like the, the, the myth of meritocracy also. Lah. We know that in mm. these leagues as well, the disparity between what the the resources that the top few clubs get versus the rest of the clubs is I know especially the Spanish league la, like the TV mm. broadcast rights that Barcelona and Real Madrid enjoy it just gives it's fucking crazy like right? dwarfs everyone else and and it just creates uh essentially a reflection of of society at large la. the Gini coefficient is just out of control already mm, and mm, then mm. the inequality is is just getting bigger and bigger so. In some sense, maybe these clubs breaking away and then allowing the other clubs to reset and you know and 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 for football to just take a look at itself at the structures again and how to you know make everything a bit a bit more uh, equitable for everyone. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Mm. So so that's why to me it's like everyone's screaming at it as a very bad thing, but I'm just thinking as a casual football fan, as a consumer, as someone who a Singaporean who you know. We also see that the free market can have, can also have some sort of benefits, benefits for consumers also. La. Is it really that bad a thing? La? So, I mean, in some way, this is one of those things that, um, how do you say? Uh, like, okay, like if you think about the repercussions on the domestic leagues as well, it almost feels like, would people still watch these leagues if the big clubs are not there? And if the answer it points to no, then those that that league is going to suffer as well. So so I think what this does is that it makes things almost more unequal to the point where, uh, there will be certain leagues that okay get the fucking lion's share of everything. And are you going to watch games of just Burnley and Fulham 
if there's no menu, if there's no Man City, if there's no Liverpool. And that's where it just feels like, yeah, it would. It's almost like saying in Singapore, you get the fucking Uber rich, right? Yeah. And you put them on this super luxurious island and like all the fucking uh, state of the art stuff, the health uh, infrastructure there is great. And then you leave the rest of the uh, Singapore on mainland. Yeah. Um, you, you can argue that, okay, maybe like, yeah, it's a free market, bro. It's capitalism, bro. But that's where I think the governing body should ensure that those sort of unequal things don't happen. Like, I guess the problem in this case is that UEFA and FIFA themselves are, like what you said, like, not not angels. Like. Mm. But actually, you, you mentioned Singapore. Like, when was the last time that people in Singapore really cared about football? Like, like local uh, football. Fucking Malaysia Cup. Lah. Exactly. It was when uh. we were in that Super League, the so-called Super League of Malaysia, that we all came together and then we we're like, oh, let's give a shit about football, you know? Um, but then later when we broke away into our own individual so-called community clubs and everything, right? I'm sure there's still very groups of uh, groups of very fervent fans and, and, and I even know some people who are also very big advocates for Singapore football at the club level. But the truth is it cannot um, recreate the atmosphere that being in the Malaysia Cup did, right? But the Malaysia Cup is not a uh, Super League. It's just Malaysia doing their own thing and us saying, hey, we join you all. Lah. You know, like you're playing yeah, at the yeah. Void Deck and, it's like, well, and we are joining as a country. We're not joining as a club. Yeah. So it is very, very, very different because that the equivalent will almost be like the, the Euro European Cup lah, where countries compete against each other. Like, it just so happens Singapore is fucking small and we compete with the other states. No, but, so, 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 the, but, but that's what I'm saying is that maybe then it, it, the other thing to ask is this kind of does it, is it necessary to have so many clubs and so many domestic competitions, uh, you know? Like maybe mm. it's about grouping together and then coming together and then, oh, us as like, you know, I don't all the London clubs all coming together and then say, hey, we're going to form a super club now and then we're going to, you know, pitch to join the Super League or something like that. Uh, as opposed to, you know, having like five or six small different clubs fighting each other in the domestic competition, uh. Then you become like media corp, what? <laughs> what does this have to do with media corp? <laughs> no, you're saying if we just consolidate and aggregate and just have like one entity that we export to this European League, then to me it's like, then, I mean, ultimately, if you look at, at football purely has, okay, let's take the most efficient process to, to give us the highest chance of every game being a fucking like a... Uh, like uh, El Clasico between Real Madrid and Barcelona, yeah, then you might end up there. But what I'm saying is that just like how we were talking about the substation a few weeks ago, right? Um, there can be a purely um, like a financial economic point of view and there's also something that is softer, la, which I don't know if it can be quantified, what it means to the fans, what it means to to the people on the ground who who's, who's where football... Um, forms a big part of their life, mm. whether that sort of stuff can be quantified. Like, and I think this just furthers the gap um, and the inequality in football, like, be, be it financially, be it access to games that your club participates in. It just feels like it's a sad day for football, man. So, so all and all I'm talking about football all as all a whole. Are, like, all in all, you're quite against the Super League idea. Like. Yeah, I'm fucking against it. I'm fucking against it. Oh, okay, okay. Noted on your yeah. on your SG, but there are many things. The SJW stance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. So so then you are just the you are the elitist standing on your pedestal saying, Oh, look at this guy, not 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 uh wisening up to the future where the free market controls everything and if the fans want these games between the big weeks, we will give them the games between the big weeks. No, yeah, so I am I don't want be really, I don't want to be used as a pawn by the corrupt officials of FIFA and UEFA. So into, you are not you saying, are not against saying the, that the, this is bad for football, you know what I mean? So you are not against the European Super League? Yeah, I mean right now I I, I want <gasps> to see, I would want to see more more of what their plans are. Um, uh-huh. I I mean to me is uh I've heard your arguments for uh, against it and everything, but I still feel like at the end of the day as a casual football fan and everything uh. you know who who enjoys watching these these games and, and 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 is also sick of the the you know how fifa and uefa ratchet up prices of everything 
so mm. so blatantly, right? It's a very mm. big deal. I mean, it's, it's good to me that so there's someone coming to shake things up and maybe drain the swamp and everything. Wow, eh. Okay, okay. So the, the next time when I, whenever we meet for lunch, we are going to have the same thing. Okay, the same thing for uh, lunch the rest of the time and then I'll ask you in a yeah. few months time how you like the meal. But it's going to be the fucking best one in Singapore, right? Fucking, the fucking best, best one. one fucking yeah. best fucking one. Best yeah. Whatever best you want. But every Nasi week we want to... Every yeah, week. Can, everything. I think can if it's the best one. Can. Can. <laughs> okay, it's the best fucking one. Yeah, we will go to the best fucking one every week. Yeah, we know. And our, we will eat it. You know? A little tip is that our near office has one. Of the, I think what Harish and I agree is the best chaipeng we've ever tasted. In it's really the best. Yeah. And I would, I would willingly you eat say that at least yeah. twice a week if we were if we were working at office hey, every day. At but least. that's a horrible analogy, okay? What because the chaipeng you can still mix it up. Okay, As it's not the same football team thing. also can mix it up. What? You can have team A, team B, you can change Fuck players. You, like, you cannot compare Chai Peng. First of all, the Chai Peng, you are just putting it in your mouth and there's a taste and you can there's less variables. If you're putting two football teams together, that's like saying you take the same ingredients for a Chai Peng and you use like different spices and you just because you use the best spices, you don't care how the fuck you cook, you expect it to be good. Let me just destroy the analogy. So... <laughs> No, but I'm a, like just to elaborate a bit more. When I willingly admit that when Terence told me the chai peng will blow my mind, I was like, "Hey, fuck you, lah!" Okay, how good can chai peng be? I will eat chai peng because it's functional. You know, it's convenient. But then when I ate this, right, every single thing that this store, uh, the auntie and uncle cook is fucking mind blowing. I don't understand. I tell you, I don't know what they put inside. Take everything you just said and replace replace chai peng with Europe, European Super League. Hey, no, 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 <laughs> this is what you'll be shit, saying like, in a few years' time. Don't dig <laughs> it. Yeah. So then, if you make the chai peng twenty dollars, huh? And if they only give you the same same uh, like three dishes every day, you see like You see how much you like it. It's still better than all the other chai peng out there. They fuck you maybe, okay. maybe it's even worth paying twenty dollars for that chai peng. No, compared have to you the not others. heard? Have you not heard the saying, how can you know darkness if you never experience light? If you only have the best chai peng, right? Soon that's going to be your baseline. You need to have a shitty chai peng once in a while, eat the fucking like factory produced food to, and then you eat this, you're like, oh my God. I think... That's life. I think I've had enough shitty chai peng in my life to, to say that if I can just guarantee that it's not shitty from now on, I'll be very happy already. Yeah, but then in a few months' time, remember there was that very famous survey of the general happiness of people over, I think, 40 years done by Gallup, and they measured the happiness of people who won lotteries, lost a limb, was diagnosed with terminal illness, and almost always, it always goes back to their baseline. There might be a spike, there might be a dip, but it goes back to the baseline. So if you have this chai peng, there might be a spike, and you're like, oh my God, it's fucking chai peng. But in three months, right, that is going to be your baseline. And that's even worse because then it'll make the shitty chai pengs even shittier, but you're never gonna taste a better chai peng. So this is gonna be the baseline to you. And then you're gonna you're gonna crave this mythical chai peng that does not exist. Mm. Instead of eating shitty chai peng once in a while, having this magical chai peng, and then like just blowing your mind. So so it's up to you to choose what what type of chai peng and what approach of chai peng you wanna have for the rest of your life, Terrence. Mm. So, so yeah moral of the story is <laughs> the taipeng you choose will determine how you how you dictate the rest of your life as well yeah exactly yeah. but once in a while it's good to have shitty taipeng but I know some people who don't eat taipeng they are probably very sad right now mm. because of the closure of one of their favourite brands in Singapore not just mm. in Singapore but um, a lot of places around the world what brand is that it's the the Abercrombie and Fitch, man. Mm. And, and just to reference what we're saying is that because they use they use a lot of uh, sexualized advertising that involving half naked male models hanging out outside the store. Uh, that's why I mm. say that those guys probably don't eat Taipung because Taipung is very yeah, yeah. fattening. Yeah. You, know, you know when you have to explain your segue, you know it's not <laughs> ah, a good yeah, segue. It's, not, it's not a good one. You know, oh, fucking yeah, horrible segue, man. It was horrible. Because you got me thinking about Taipung. <laughs> now I'm hungry already. In the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, so I'm also hungry. Yeah. Fuck. We are recording this at 12.10am and I'm hungry. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. But the Taipung at yes. the office is really fantastic. Uh. If Even if I was yeah, an Abercrombie model, I might sacrifice that yeah. to have the Taipung. Uh. Yeah. It's fucking good. But but yeah, they announced uh, today that they're, they're, they're only closing the Singapore outlet. Mm, mm. The brand as in general apparently is doing, um, uh, oh no, I was going to say doing good, but 
they did have sales of 3.1 billion for the full year that ended January 2021. And even though there's a huge number, it was down 14% compared to the previous year. Mm. Um, but but so it's not saying the company is closing. They are just closing the locations in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, what are your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about that though? Do you miss Abercrombie and Fitch? I mean, honestly, I've never bought anything from from there before. Mm. It always struck me as like a pretty pretentious brand. Um, I I guess from like their marketing of the or their shirtless men, um, I don't I don't like the the gimmick. But I must say that from the marketing point of view, it worked lah. You know, mm. everyone knew them as as a brand in Singapore um, because of the shirtless male models lah. Yeah, and then because like. Uh, I encountered Abercrombie and Fitch before it came to Singapore, largely through watching a lot of like uh, Americans wearing it. La. I always felt that like it was a very um, not a very inclusionary brand. Like, I think they've mm. had they've had like issues in the past of using slightly racist caricatures of like Chinese mm. people to 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 sell t-shirts. So uh, I mean I I'm not a social justice warrior by any stretch, but you know, just understanding that that this was an official T-shirt they were making to sell at a high price to people, and they found it funny and all that was just like, hmm. and then and the fact that yeah, like their models are all very cookie cutter, like blonde, uh, white dudes, almost like like they were taken from the Hitler Youth or something like that, like you know, it just mm-hmm. it just always struck me as that kind of very exclusionary brand. Uh. Like if you don't look like us, mm. don't shop here, right? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. I mean, and, I, but I think I think I know. I think I had a relative, a cousin, or someone who, who worked there before as a cashier. And apparently, part of the job mm. scope was also to to dance while, while there were, if there were no like you know no actual people in queue and everything lah, to just stand mm. around and dance. And I was like, hmm, just stand around and dance. I said, yeah, lah, just the you know, the whole nightclub, the whole clubbing vibe that they were trying to portray in the store uh, so it was very dark uh, in the store and then the, yeah, like the cashiers would be hired based on probably based on looks and then yeah they would just be asked to like dance and you know keep up the vibe when if there were no customers paying for stuff like. so so have you bought anything from Abercrombie and Fitch I don't think they have anything that fits me man that's the that's the honest truth oh so you mean even the sizes they they keep it very slim uh? I don't know about that, but I would assume that the you probably need to have something close to a six pack to be able to wear that stuff. Like. But but I mean they that that shirtless male model thing, they actually ended that marketing gimmick in twenty fifteen, no? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, so so but you're saying that the brand, the cutting tends to but if that's that's the kind of cutting they favor, like, is that wrong? Are they they're not supposed to cater to to every body shape, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. It's not wrong, but it, I'm just explaining why I didn't, I didn't buy anything from them. Yeah, I didn't buy anything because it just struck me as a pretentious brand where the clothes were not even. I mean, I can't say I'm the most fashionable or that mm. I pay that much attention to like fucking fucking being on trend or something. Uh, they just struck me as a brand that I I never really resonated with, lah. So, but I mean, yeah. on social media also, like I can't, um, I don't know what the, I guess there are people who are sad about it, mm. right? Correct. But I mean, what made you, what made you excited to talk about it? Eh? Mm, I guess it's just, uh, I mean, you, you see that, like, like what you said, like in 2015, they already stopped the sexualized imagery, but um, even in this, even his farewell photo on, on all the news media and everything, they are using those photos of half-naked male models outside the store, lah, right? So, mm. yeah, you, you you can talk about wanting to change the brand and everything, change the image imagery and all that. I think it's a much longer process than just like five five years like that. Lah. So, to me, it's like, um, a lot, probably the damage was done for many years already, lah, where, where there was this image of Abercrombie Fitch is over overly sexualized brand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they went underwent a rebranding. And mm. I mean, just googling on Reddit and all, there are people who say that their clothes actually are good quality and 
and cheap la. so that's what I find maybe that's in the US because mm. you know there are certain brands that are very cheap in the US but come to Singapore is fucking exotic like Gap yeah, correct, Gap correct, in the yeah. US is like it's it's not a Atas brand or anything mm. like. and honestly the jeans there are, are amongst the cheapest amongst the or at least they were when we were based in the US yeah. then when they opened in Singapore a few years ago fucking expensive same with Levi's so I think Abercrombie and Fitch in the US it might be a lower tier mm. but in Singapore the fact that it's it's seen as upmarket I mean their shop is quite fancy on Orchard Road lah, right yeah so, so but, I mean, it's, it's a bit like the whole uh, you know the World Cup the prices of the World Cup in Singapore like that they were all based uh, on like they, they based the pricing entirely on like GDP per capita and how much they could milk out of like every Singaporean but <laughs> but when they came here they, they probably realised oh actually it's not the case lah yeah. So you think Aber- Abercrombie and Fitch pricing is based on our GDP? Yeah? No, I, mean, I think Gap, like what you said, Gap, Banana Republic, uh-huh. all these brands that came and then failed, like, right? Uh, mm. were, in the US, they, uh, yeah, I always felt that they were very uh, you know, affordable and, and, and fun brands and all that. You know? But when they came to Singapore, I was like, what the hell is going on here? It feels like we're being fleeced again, like, you know? Like everyone mm. else in the world plays... plays Less for them, except for us, for us idiots in Singapore. So I made it a mm. point never to buy any from from those stores ever again, lah. You know, mm. uh, and if I, I guess Abercrombie and Fitch, you know, they were, if that was the strategy coming here as well. I, I mean, I'm not. I just had to say I'm not surprised, lah, that they're closing down now. Yeah, and I mean, definitely they've been hit by the pandemic. Um, word on the street is that they want to focus more on the online sales. Mm. Um, but I mean I think as a company they're still in in decent shape la. their revenue dipped but they still have 850 plus stores um, and yeah I think uh, they they're, they're pretty they're still going strong la. I guess in Singapore it just yeah, la, I'm just now curious what shop is going to take over that spot la. Ooh, that's you know, a prime like, spot because right? re- it's right next to Apple it's yeah like- it's fucking prime and I have a feeling it's going to be something similar to you know when Robinson's vacated because they liquidated mm. who took over the spot Lazada oh, right they had a pop up I really hope like I mean I I, can't, I don't know whether I hope that it doesn't or does does happen but it mm. feels like yeah it's going to be another kind of it's not gonna be your traditional retail food traffic brand, lah. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably yeah. be something something newer, lah. Yeah. But but I mean, I'm also curious how people feel about Abercrombie and Fitch in Singapore, lah. Are you really? <laughs> I am. I am. Well, because oh. you know, you know, like like uh, let's say we covered Nice recently, right? And Nice, of course, is a lot more polarizing because there's a lot of baggage there. Uh, but. You know, on you got a few different schools of thought. La. I know Abercrombie and Fitch, they were shat on when they were doing the sexualized marketing. But at the same time, they still seem like they were getting a lot of business because it still had that brand. La. And I'm just curious, who are the people who buy Abercrombie and Fitch? And when they buy it, is it partly because of the brand or is it because the quality is like fucking dope? Yeah, I guess, so I I'm guess curious. Let's, let's take a little step back in history and just be thankful that we had a chance to see these half-naked male models parading themselves and that, outside Orchard, yeah. right? Orchard Road. Right? And that these these half-naked male models also got got a chance to, you know, be in the limelight mm. and maybe help them decide whether or not they want to be in a line that objectifies them and treats them like meat. Correct, la. correct. And, um, yeah, you know, just, just 30, 40 years ago in Singapore, like you, you were not allowed to have long hair, you know? Uh, as a mm. as a man, la, right? It, it was like uh, not not illegal, but it was frowned upon, whether in the army or from even from foreign performers who came to Singapore and stuff like that, la, right? So, mm. yeah, I mean, from that to like now, half naked male models on Orchard Road, it was a it was a big step, la, one one big step for for men in Singapore, la, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of history, like Orchard Road history, I guess. Like, Orchard Road history, there's a, exactly. There's a few yeah. things in, in Orchard Road history that happened that I think uh, will we'll live on the history. One is the, you know, Mediacorp, they had the bikini show. And then I think they got a few like of their Mediacorp artists to run down Orchard Road in bikinis. Oh yeah, Fiona's here yeah, and all, right? 
Then I think, uh, yeah, there's Abercrombie and Fitch, obviously. Um, then obviously we had the infamous Harish swimming in the Takashimaya fountain, which mm. we we always claim is a also historic is a historic moment, like, right? Fucking historic, yeah. Yeah, like what else? What else has happened in Orchard Road? There's that that you just mentioned. Only people know what you're talking about already. I mean, the, not to not to bring it back once again, but the Subaru challenge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please stop to, uh, it's way too late I have let's to slide it please let's not go I have to slide it in you know the Subaru challenge was something that really changed my life and shaped my yes, world just view yours, on multiple just, issues just yours Harris just yours <laughs> please don't please don't inflict it on the rest of us hey fuck you like, you asked me about Orchard Road you knew it was coming no. you were setting me up to be shared on confirmed you see this is because you think that I give a shit about the Subaru challenge that's why <laughs> It did not even cross my mind. My God, oh. <laughs> don't lie, lies. Is you have you have artificially blocked it out from your mind. Like your brain was telling you, Terence, oh, Subaru challenge, Terence. But your filter is just like shut the fuck up. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Subaru challenge, and it just blocked it off from your receptors. Oh my goodness, Subaru challenge. Um, but. But, but to bring it back to Abercrombie and Fitch, you must give them credit for being memorable because yeah. if you think about it, Victoria's Secret, right, open on Orchard Road. Yeah. But honestly, who the... Okay, I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I'm a dude, uh, but it doesn't seem like they cause that much of a ripple in terms of establishing a legacy on Orchard Road. Like. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so yeah, this, yeah so, it is a historic moment on Orchard Road. Like, and Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch opened there. And the Apple Store opening, maybe, I guess, was a big deal as well, right? Maybe we should have done this podcast shirtless. Uh. Uh, what makes you think it's not really shirtless? I'm, I mean, I'm not wearing pants, <laughs> but I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> la. No, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be decent at home, so, so I am wearing a shirt. But yeah, maybe maybe in, in memory of Abercrombie and Fitch, we'll... We'll, yeah, we'll take off our shirts after the yeah, podcast. Take off the shirts right after the, they yeah, have and, podcast. Yeah, and if you are listening, you have to take off your shirts too. Yeah, yeah. Be it in public, you know, maybe in public, just bear a bit of skin. Yeah. Just lift up your shirt for two seconds. Show the abs. Bah, bah. Uh. Show the abs. Yeah, show, yeah, show the abs. And then give and one salute. Salute so and lift up your shirt <laughs> and then salute in the air at the same time. <laughs> in the, especially exactly. if you're in the middle of a train or something. And then see what happens. Yeah. And you know what would be so magical if there's another Yalabad listener in the vicinity who <laughs> sees you do that? So and then correct, you all have correct. a moment together. Yeah, we're starting something now. So, like, in the next week or so, if you feel sad about Abercrombie Fitch closing, just do the yeah. do the salute lah. Salute them, and then at the same time lift up your shirt to show lift your abs. Lift up your shirt, yeah. And then if you do yeah, that for public, seconds, if yeah. you see someone else doing it, do it back to you them. You have to fucking do it back to them. <laughs> That'll be fucking awesome. You don't need to talk to each other at all, and then you you both know what is going on. Yeah, exactly. Abercrombie and Fitch. Fuck yeah. man, if that actually happens, right, that will make my fucking month, man. Well, can you imagine shit. we're just walking around like Pailaba or whatever, and then suddenly this. Group people just suddenly lift up the shirts and salute us. Yeah. Oh, if I see that in public, like someone just lift up a bit, I will take off my shirt. <laughs> I will just fucking do that. I swear. If you see me, you just lift up your your in, uh, like for three seconds and like salute. I will take off my shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and just to clarify, we don't mean lift up like show off your your, your yeah, private just, parts. We're talking about just just the just, the, the abs. Just a bit of abs, skin. The abs, yeah, the abs, yeah the just just the ab area. Yeah, yeah. The stomach area, like in case your abs are not that visible, just lift it up, just 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 yeah. for three seconds. I don't little we we cannot blame for like starting some movement of like indecent exposure. Yeah, someone take this take this excerpt and then just twist it, yeah. and just say we have, we are encouraging people to flash. Yeah. It's just in memory Kalama. of Abercrombie and Fitch and their shirtless models, uh, the Exactly. F- the fallen. <laughs> yeah, the fallen. <laughs> but yes, that brings us to cool. our next uh, segment, which is. One shoot comment. What is your one shoot comment? What? My one shoot comment of the week is uh, from Caffeine Fixation, who posted on the thread for our Yalabad 150 Amma episode or Ask Me Anything episode. Um, and basically, the, the commenter writes Hi, hi, I've been tuned in since July 2020. Uh, I also listen to other podcasts, both local and foreign, of late. I have noticed a certain podcast alluding to some catchphrases made by Yalabad in a jeering, but thankfully not disparaging manner. And then the poster goes on to, to kind of ask, um, is there really competition or rivalry among local podcasts? Why can't it just be you do you, I do me? Um, and then goes on to end off by saying he, uh, he or she is very proud of how far Yalabad has come, uh, both in terms of our personal growth wow and the launch of folklory merch and other business ideas in the pipeline so 
thank you so much for that. But I am curious, mm. which is this other local podcast that is uh, alluding to some catchphrases made by Yala But Because I am curious, man. Um, and, and yeah, so if they are, uh, then that's great. Mm. Even if they're not, then that's great. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I think your last sentence was, was what was, was the nice part about your comment. But the first part piqued my interest. Mystery. Mystery. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah, like the, I think we've said this a lot. We feel that the, the podcast scene now in Singapore is very much like what the YouTube scene was in the, in its infancy in 2013 and 2014, like, right? Mm-hmm. A lot there's a certain yeah, vibrancy. Yeah, there's vibrancy. A lot of people coming in. Like you say, like, you do you, I do me, that kind of thing. Um, and 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 yeah, there there are ways to collaborate, but there's also like room if you, for you if even if you don't want to collaborate with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas YouTube is much more. I feel like fiefdoms. Uh, if there's a word, if there's time to use that word is now fiefdoms. Uh, basically, fiefdoms. Yeah, fiefdoms have been established. Uh, to, mm. Yeah, so it's a bit um. It's a different. It's a different feel, uh, right nowadays. Yeah, it's a it's a different feel. Uh. Yeah, correct, correct. But um, but anyway. yeah. But what is your one shock thing? My one shock comment is the one shock comment. One shock comment from spiritual underscore mind seven two four seven. I think in response to our ask me anything, he said, "This isn't a question, but knowing that you guys do not get an additional revenue from doing a thrice weekly podcast makes me want to support you guys even more." Whether that's simply watching your TV pilot or recommending this podcast to a friend, we'll be more than happy to spend on merch. Just want to let you guys know. So I mean that that's yeah really nice and sweet like, um, I mean we we appreciate all the support, but at the same time, we want to make sure that if we do any kind of merch or what, it's got to also like add value to your life lah. Like yeah, we don't want you to to wear a t-shirt and just because you know it's a Yalabad t-shirt unless unless it's a way of 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 of, of you know meeting other Yalabad fans or what lah, right then then I think mm. that, that's cool but if it's just like buying a shirt just to say oh I want to support you guys I mean I I feel that we can add more value to your life than that mm. yeah mm. I think I think we, we, what, what, like basically we just want to create something absolutely kick-ass and not like a merch you would see from any other content creator because t-shirts and and caps and all that, it is kind of common already, uh, which is why we are super psyched about this one thing we are working on, which is in early stages, but but hopefully uh, we'll be able to share more details in the near future. So yeah, we, we are on it, man. Yeah, but thanks to thanks everyone for the support. Cool. And then now, what is your one short thing for the past few days uh why don't you go first okay um so for me it is something that i read oh shit oh shit oh shit how about you go first okay i mean um <laughs> i lost it i think uh mm. i've spoken a lot about his videos on our channel uh mm. the, the youtube content creator mark rober uh he mm. came on his latest video uh he talks about uh, his son, uh, basically, and his son is a uh, uh, his son is actually autistic, and um, I mean he created a video about yeah, what's it like you know having an autistic son and and everything like and then a lot of a lot of points were like quite sh- I mean quite a surprise to me because Mark Rober like every time in his videos he's always talking about his nephews and his nieces and how he plays with them and he just he just like lets them try out all his experiments on, on YouTube and all that. And I, I didn't even know that he had a son or what. Like, and it turns out that yeah, like he's been he's very protective of his son because his son is autistic and he and how his son is being portrayed on his channel, he wasn't very sure and everything. Like. So mm. now he's come out to you know and made a video about his son and then talked about the the challenges of, you know, bringing out an autistic kid about why he wouldn't want it any other way. Uh so I thought it was a very touching well-made video and uh at the same time i think he's asking for for people to donate for for you know to help the cause of uh awareness of autism and and everything lah. so i think it's a very worthwhile cause i think mark rober has given a lot of people um a, a lot of things to smile about and also maybe it's time for us to also think about giving back lah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I saw that, yeah, over, overnight, I think it got like 12 million views or something. Yeah, yeah. And it also made me think a lot about, yeah, what, you know, like this, yeah, autism is a, is, is a quite a misunderstood uh, uh, is it, is it, uh, tr- uh, misunderstood what do you call it condition uh, condition, uh, condition. Uh, yeah. so mm. even awareness is, is, a, is a fantastic thing to, to help with uh. it means just mm. watching and understanding and sharing the video if you find it if you found it good as well uh. so yeah that's my mm-hmm. one shoot thing what is your one shoot okay, thing my- that you finally mm. dug up from the hundreds of the chrome tabs <laughs> Yeah, it is the the upcoming cover of Time magazine, which I think will come out on April. Uh, is actually done by a Malaysian artist, and I've come across her work previously because she makes art kind of without paint. She's the one who who made um a huge poster of Yao Ming just by dipping a paintball in red paint and bouncing the 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 paint all over a huge canvas lah. Then she used like twenty thousand tea bags to make a, um, a, a a display that shows someone pulling tea in Tay Tarik fashion, um, and she was commissioned to do this time uh, art piece. Her name is Red, um, Red Red Hongyi, and the art piece is kind of cool because it is about climate change. And what she got her team to do, her and her team, uh, they basically used like fifty thousand matches, uh, and put it. To, to replicate the the world map and then they set it on fire la, just to show like the forest burning la. and I think there's a there's a behind the scenes article there's a video I just thought it's a fucking cool concept it's visually it looks pretty damn awesome and yeah just like uh, for someone from like just uh, slightly up north to be commissioned to do the cover of time I thought that was fucking dope la. yeah and just her way of art um, it's it's interesting la. it's it's very unique um and yeah shit it, it's it's cool it's cool and the name it's of very the cool. artist is Red Hong Yi R E D H O N G Y E oh that's interesting because Hong Yi Hong itself means red right, in Chinese mm. so, so I mean most of her art is also in in red la. I see I see yeah yeah oh, that's so consistent branding. so yeah it's it's pretty fucking cool man mm. it's pretty cool pretty damn cool nice. So the, that's in the upcoming epi- uh, upcoming cover of time. Yeah, twenty sixth April will be out, I believe. And was it talking about climate change? Yeah, climate change. Not bad. Uh. I didn't know. I didn't know they still do do this kind of thing like commissioned. Commissioned. I guess like, because I mean, physical time, art for covers and stuff. Uh. I think they commissioned her for a cover, but she just so it's ultimately the end product is still a picture. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of other collateral that was made around it, like with the video, the behind ah, the scenes, see, and all. Got it, got so, it. so yeah, I think I think it's pretty fucking cool, man. Nice. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, man. Awesome. Oh, and one thing I was thinking is also maybe like you know at the end of the podcast we we haven't done the weekly plug yet, so maybe we do it now. But I thought the weekly plug was the show that we have coming up. But I mean, just to end off. Oh. To I mean okay, like sure. instead of sure, us sure. just debating it, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, just that Sila, now you fucking ruin the mood, really, you know? <laughs> because right. cause it's one of those things that Scott Adams talks about. You know, might as well, might as well, might as well. You know, might as well until the don't give me the Scott Adams hours. shit, la, Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Then if we if you just say oh, okay, yeah, sure, good idea, then we've been done already. Basket. So now I feel like just dragging it out for an hour just because of that. But anyway, I'll keep it short and sweet. If this podcast has has evoked any emotion in you, hopefully a positive emotion like happiness, laughter, enlightenment, it'd be great if you could share it with at least one person. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, so 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 just help the Yalabad community grow. All right, that's it, Terence. See, it took what, 30 seconds? Mm, okay. Mm. Yeah, you have 15 mm. seconds left until it's one hour, 15 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all right. Peace out, people. Bye.